seated. This past week, just when I had begun to irrationally wonder once again if I was the only one who feels this way, yes, COVID brain is still a thing, there arose during evening prayer a soft-voiced intercession. I ask your prayers for all those in our country and around the world who are suffering with outrage fatigue. Do you struggle with this? I mean, in addition to all the challenges we've faced in the last six years, in just the last week we've witnessed an avalanche of truly destructive legal decisions come down from the highest court in the land. And the icing on this cake we never ordered is that it all happened just in the nick of time before the appointment of a new justice whose voice will surely make a big difference. Does that cause you any spiritual discomfort? Does it touch a place in you that speaks of being in opposition? If so, what does that feel like? Does retribution or getting even factor in anywhere? Notice how you feel. Because no matter what comes up, I think Jesus is very interested in that place inside you and how it drives collective efforts at making a better world. Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of human need offers us an excellent starting point for this discussion. It characterizes how an individual human being might experience personal need. Maybe you've seen the famous illustration of it, a rainbow-colored pyramid. The base of the pyramid, which supports everything else, is labeled physiological need. Things like air and water, food, warmth, rest. The next level up the pyramid is safety, the need for personal security, and the well-being that comes of feeling protected. At the third level, the very center of things, we find love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, a sense of connection. Esteem comes next in the progression and includes respect and self-esteem as well as things like feelings of accomplishment and even freedom. And finally we have self-actualization, achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. Personal human need. Note, though, that at the apex of this pyramid, if we are to remain aligned with Jesus' desire for us to help the world become a better place, achieving full potential personally does not involve being irresponsible. It's never about meeting our needs or desires at the expense of others. This is actually a vast and sadly, less and less clearly articulated uniter of all things in life meant to help make the world a better place. Responsibility. Meeting my needs, but not at your expense. 
It's the heart of the golden rule, which is the heart of almost every religion. Faith community, protective service, all forms of government, the law itself. It's all about making a better world, a better nation, a better state, a better city and a better neighborhood, and it all begins with a better me. And I'm pretty sure Jesus is all about helping us do better me from the inside out. There is an ancient story about the young monk and the desert father. It's a story that shines a light on paths other than collective outrage. The young monk asks, <clears throat> Master, the rule of life instructs us, do unto others as we wish them do to us. What of the lustful man who wickedly looks upon his intended consort in sin? How can we teach that this evil intending man should do unto others as they should do to him? The gently smiling elder replies, Child, what manner of thinking in your heart? This teaching can only be received by one who has been born of the Spirit. The wisdom in it heard only with the ears of the heart. It is most harmonious when it blends with the highest ideals. It need not produce temptation. Its nature is not to encourage evil doing. Always seek the genuine spiritual interpretation. If this story of monks and genuine, genuine spiritual interpretation helps us integrate responsibility with achieving our full potential as individuals, we are ready then to explore how that informs interpersonal and group dynamics, expansion. And Maslow becomes a referent for progression of the kinds of spiritual levels. Jesus seems most interested in making known to us. Levels where the base would be the level of the flesh purely self-involved, primal, survival instinct-driven, lustful. The next, the level of feeling, emotion, a step higher than survival, less reptilian. And then the mind, reason, and the intelligence of experience. This is the gateway onto nobility. Good judgment, harmonizing with the highest ideals. This is the birthplace of profound self-respect. And a natural result of this level, and perhaps the first real step into spiritual growth, is the recognition and embrace of unselfish and fearless devotion to the welfare of others. True fellowship. This is where Jesus' principles really begin to exceed Maslow's. And a newness of life begins in the discovery of a far more beautiful interpretation of the Golden Rule. Then, in godly expansiveness, we come to the moral level, where real insight into the rightness and wrongness of things can be gained.
where in concert with the highest ideals, a holistic understanding of human relationships deepens. This is, this is where human perception gets reshaped, where problems of interpretation are helpfully guided by thoughts of, for instance, how a high-minded, idealistic, wise, and impartial third party would view and interpret personal problems of adjustment to life's situations. And finally, the highest level of all, the spiritual level, where we reach insights and interpretations through which we recognize in the Golden Rule the divine invitation to treat both ourselves and all others as we conceive God would treat us. This is the universe ideal of human relationships. Okay, that's a lot, I know. But how does this kind of talk resonate in connection with that place inside you, the place where we begin, that place of spirit, uncomfortable or otherwise? How do feelings of being in opposition represent stumbling blocks along the ways of coming to see yourself and others as God sees? Is this at the heart of making a better world? A better you? And how does a Jesus-y process of moving up from Maslow's hierarchy through a progression of spiritual levels help? Does it help? Well, it helps me to start by looking at how Jesus models for us a progression he's modeling in his own process in today's gospel story. You see, he's chosen his apostles. He's begun teaching them all about the spiritual levels. He's taught them. He's traveled around Galilee, healing and feeding and teaching even more so that a larger circle forms. Disciples, adherents to his message and ministry, not so much circulating at the high levels of spiritual development like the apostles. And in today's story, in addition to apostles and disciples, Jesus initiates the 70. It's like he's done his Galilean ministry and just last week set his face to Jerusalem. So this is his final act of organizing the troops who will be his representatives on earth. The 70 are not the chief leaders, and they're not the body of adherents who form the base of the community. The 70 are those prepared to go forth and heal, to go forth entirely trusting in God to provide what is necessary for their mission, offering both peace and the certainty that God's reign is here whether the world appears to care or not. If there are feelings in them of being in opposition, there is very little to be done about it. Nothing, in fact, to be done of outrage. Shake the dust off your sandals and move on. That's it. We find that moving on enabled the 70 
to do more good in the places where good wanted to happen. So they return with great joy. Whereupon Jesus advises them not to rejoice at their accomplishments. Instead, rejoice that your names are written in heaven, which is at hand, which is near you, among you, in you. If you're like me and part of your outrage consists in emotionally reacting against injustice, this gospel passage may hold an invitation to you into a new place of wonder. I'm not great at this, but I've begun to imagine that God isn't against anything. God is only for. So the question becomes, in light of the heaven in you, what are you for? I have found the temptation very strong to bring my outrage into full bloom and hurl it at God. You know, the way you would hurl a ketchup-stained plate the Diet Coke at the wall. Believe me, I've done it. But God always just smiles and quietly says to me, those things are not me. That's not me. No me. And those things will be healed. And then we'll talk about movements forward. We'll talk about all the next best things. Where do you find yourself in the progression? Are you in the mix? Are you variously called to apostleship, discipleship, to be one of the 70? Is there fluidity and grace as you move from role to role? And what's that like? And how does what we do here together help? Does it help you to see more clearly where you are in the progression? I feel like it helps me. My hope is that for all of us, that are helped, that the help becomes more and more the strength to go from this table and into the world wanting fuller participation, fearlessly, and in truly helpful and godly ways. Amen. Amen.